I'm obsessed with it. Hello, my name is Fraser and this is Jibsessed, the podcast where I chat to people I can't get enough of about what they can't get enough of. Obsessed. We'll find out what they're obsessed with. No, <laughs> not the Penang curry. Who they're obsessed with. A sea cucumber. And maybe even some dirty little secret obsessions. Don't yucky yum. This is what I mean. We need to know more about these things. I'm so excited that you're here. <laughs> Hello. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Zobsessed. Today, I have a dear, dear friend of mine. She is a nurse. She's just an all-round wonderful human being, and I'm really excited to chat with her. Welcome, Molly Redacted. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining, for being on this, Molly. Thank you for having me. I know me. that you were pretty nervous to do it, but I've been My conning you. My podcast debut. I've been conning you for a couple of months now yes. into it. Yeah. Um, and now we're finally here. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so to start us off, what are you obsessed with right now? All right. Right now, I am obsessed with unemployment. Yes. Um, yeah, I've just been living my best unemployed life for the past three months. Yeah. Probably a little bit longer. Perfect. Yeah, and I'm just loving it. I'm obsessed with not having to be anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really good. What were you doing before you became unemployed? So before I became unemployed, before I made the decision to be unemployed, um, I was working as a nurse, a first year registered nurse. Like I did my new grad year um, at a local hospital. And yeah, I kind of finished up that year and just went, you know what? I'm going to take some time. Um, yeah. I feel like that's pretty standard. Like, I don't know, that first year of full-time work for brutal. anyone, I yeah, think, brutal. is just hectic. And yeah, I, maybe we aren't as resilient. I feel like our parents say, nah, your kids like, just mm. don't know what you're doing. Like you're so, um, what's the opposite of resilient? Unresilient. Yeah, soft. <laughs> you're soft. <dude. laughs> you're fucking soft. But it's like, it's, it's, it is a challenge. And it, it also is. makes you like, if you, especially if you've done a whole degree in something that you're mm -hmm. unsure of in the first place, yeah. like me, and then you're doing a job you fucking hate and mm -hmm. you're just like, fuck this. It's just full on. I don't want to work for my whole life. Totally. I really don't. I know. I still don't. I know. My mom works as a psychologist and she's had a lot of like people our age come to her recently and be like, I just don't want to work. <laughs> like, is there something wrong with me? And she's like, no, nah, it's all of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's of, all you. of you gen z's literally um but i also think like you know we studied in a different time we've you know i finished up a nursing degree during a pandemic mm. um so yeah i think initially i gave myself the same amount of shit for it yeah um yeah. but slowly i've realized that yeah i don't know it's good to do that for yourself and I don't know. I kind of made the decision of it's some time off now or a, a massive breakdown later. Mm, yeah. Um, and it's yeah. funny you say like you were critical of yourself. Like mm. I do feel like often we're our own biggest critic, especially Absolutely. when it feels like you should be doing something or should be enjoying something. Totally. And even like listening to that part of yourself that says like, no, like you need to stop. You need to take time. That's really hard when, mm. you know, on the flip side, it's like you don't really believe that you have to be like productive in order to have value. But there's like a little bit of you that's like, maybe I'm nothing. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, like it's, it's been a really good time to kind of reflect on achievements and not just like, oh God, I had to briefly leave the workforce after only working for a year. It's kind of given me that pause to be like, no, like I made it through, you know, I did two degrees. So I made it through five years of university, all of these unpaid placements. And then yeah, being a nurse yeah. for the first year in an absolutely crazy workforce, yeah. kind of, you know, coming to the, to the other side of the pandemic. Can you give us any... Well, the yeah, pandemic that, is still happening. <laughs> I don't want to... It's yeah. still happening. Yeah. No, yeah. like, well, props to you then. And can you give any insight to what it was like for throughout your first year? I mean, I think, like, obviously just, like, the usual nursing chaos, like, staffing and stuff like that. Um, but I, I worked in, like, with cancer patients, and that was something that I you know, it was beautiful and incredible. And I met some really, really amazing people, but I think it was definitely something that I wasn't prepared for. Um, yeah, before I, I started my grad year, I was, I was very like fortunate to get offered two positions. So I was like, got offered a, a position with children and then another one with cancer patients. And you know, I made the decision to go with like adults because I was like, you know, children might be a little bit too much for my first year. Mm. You know, that might be really challenging. But instead, I think I chose <laughs> the most challenging um, thing that I could have. I Yeah, I definitely couldn't have foreseen. I don't know just how, yeah, like mentally, spiritually draining it was going to be. Um, yeah, I think just being yeah, straight out of uni and wrapping your head around mortality um, mm. was something that I just wasn't prepared for, but, you know. So when you say wrapping your head around more mortality, were you dealing with... Yeah. Yeah. For a, for a period, I was working with mostly palliative care patients, which is, you know, end-of-life supportive care, um, which is beautiful and, like, it's such a special thing to work in, but within the hospital model, it can be really challenging because you have this, you know, patient or this person um, who's kind of having their end of life experience and you're going through that side by side with the family and the patient. But then in that shift, you still have five other patients or four other patients that, you know, they might be really sick and need a lot of stuff from you. So it's kind of, yeah, juggling the biggest challenge was kind of juggling, you know, honoring that person and honoring that process that they were going through and also just being like, sorry, I don't have time <laughs> to be with you in this moment. Um, and I think that's definitely what kind of wore me down. God, yeah. That would have been so hard. Yeah. <laughs> was there any circumstance or situation where you're like, oh my God, this is very intense. And like, what was, the, what, mm. at what point were you like, I need to step away from this for a bit? I think like the moments that I had where I was like, whoa, was, I mean, it was more that I would look around at the people I worked with and like, you know, incredibly compassionate, committed people. And, you know, obviously they've been doing it for a lot longer than I had. And I would look around and I would be like, oh God, like, why am I so affected by this? Like, mm. what's wrong with me? Yeah, it just kind of felt, you know, why is it impacting me like this? Why am I going home and like thinking about these people? Why am I feeling so responsible, you know, and at that same time adjusting to working full time for the first time and, you know, being a nurse for the first time. Also, um, 
yeah, I honestly just looking around and me feeling like, oh my God, like everything's on fire mm. and everyone's just standing there really calm and really composed. That's when I was like, I don't know if yeah. this is for me. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there was really, really beautiful times and I loved it so much and it was so meaningful. But yeah, you know, patients would pass away or whatever and and I would be crying and people would be like, Molly, why are you crying? And I'd be like, what? Like, why aren't you? <laughs> and I think in nursing there is this, you know, you kind of have to get used to it. You kind of have mm. to be desensitized to it if you're going to do it every day. But I just wasn't there yet. I wasn't desensitized to the most normal stuff. So mm. I think doing that was really tricky. And also, you know, the moment where I was like, I need to definitely step away. You know, there were a lot of patients that we had for like a longer period of time, maybe like month, two months, maybe longer. Um, and I just got so attached to them mm. that, you know, when we lost them, it felt like in a weird way, like my own personal loss. And I was just like, I can't just be grieving people that mm. I don't know for the rest of my life or, you know, that I do know about in this very, very specific environment. Yeah, I would just be really attached and, you know, when 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 those people would pass, that was when I was like, I can't just keep getting really attached to people and then mm. losing them. And I at the time I was like, I don't have the tools um, to not be attached. I don't I don't know how to do that. Mm. And there wasn't really anyone around who was like, Yep, yeah, this is how you do that. Everyone was kind of like, mm, I don't know, figure it out. Yeah. So I stepped away from that that place, stayed within the same hospital, and you know worked somewhere else for a little bit as a bit of a break before realizing I, I need time to process this. I need time to, to figure out what's going on with me. Mm. Cause yeah, I just, I reached this really sad point where it felt like my life was within the hospital and like was my patient's lives. And I would come home and I would just be like, I don't think there's anything left for anyone else. Mm. There's not really, there's not space for friends or to, to be anywhere else other than this like death cloud. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're also you're talking having... about it. I'm like, oh, this is so dark. <laughs> no, it's it's important, and it's like your experience as a young person mm. is so unique to the people that you're surrounding yourself mm. with, like our, our friends. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, fuck, like you would be sitting at dinner and people talking about the challenges of their office jobs yeah. and not getting along yeah. with um, their manager Sharon and being totally. Like, well, I'm literally. Assisting, helping people in the final days yeah. of their yeah. lives, well, final months. Even my my partner, Abby, like she could really tell when I was struggling. So she made like this really lovely effort to drop me off and pick me up mm. after my shifts, which was amazing. But, you know, I'd hop in the car. I'd be like, hey, how was your day? Like, what's going on? And she'd be like, oh, the fucking website crash and like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And, you know, she'd look over to me and be like, you're quiet. Like, how was your shift? And I'd be like, mm, so-and-so died. And she'd be like, you need to never let me answer that question before you have. Like, she was like, no. And I would be like, no, it's all relative. Like, your day sounds so annoying. Because um, that's the thing is like, you know, what's going on in people's lives is what's going on in their lives. And like, at the end of the day, I'm there and doing a job. Like, it it shouldn't detract from from anyone else's annoyances, but it's it's pretty funny mm. sometimes. Mm. Yeah. People are like, yeah, how's your day? I'm like, don't ask. <laughs> like, please don't ask. Or ask and, and not be willing to hear, you know. I'd be sitting around with friends and they'd be like, how's work? And I'd be like, um, you know, tell them what's going on. 
And I'd be like, I don't think I'm getting invited back to this party. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you leave and they're like, "Um, Molly's a bit of a sad sack, isn't she? (laughs) Literally, the saddest sack. I'm like, does anyone want to talk about what happens after we die? (laughs) I think I saw a ghost. (laughs) Oh, well... Proud of you for like knowing Thank you. <laughs> that it was time to have a break and yep. enjoy living. Yeah. Honestly, you that said- was the biggest thing is I was like, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm so consumed in being like so worried about death mm. that, or just, you know, just consumed by it that I was like, I'm not living. Like, I gotta go. I gotta put me first. What does Drake say? I hate that I'm saying Drake. What? Drake says in one in Moment for Life by Nicki Minaj, he goes, But to live doesn't mean you're alive. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to live doesn't mean you're alive. Exactly. That was me. I was like, I have a pulse, but nothing else is going on. Oh. I hate that I'm relating your experience to a Nicki Minaj. No, you should. Yeah, no. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, We're all barbs here. <laughs> I forgot that I forgot about the p- other part of the pod, mm. which is where I talk about why I'm, why I'm obsessed with you. Oh. But... Um, <laughs> now, Do you want to tell me now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> the reason I am so obsessed with you, Moll, is because... I don't know, since meeting you, which I met you at a party. Just burping off, Mike. <laughs> a couple of years ago now, because I've mm. been to two of your birthdays. Yeah, that's um, crazy. But you made it to the second. I made it to the second. I made it to the through the ring of fire and to the second mm-hmm. round. Um, but I met you and I was like, fuck, this girl is a bus. Um, you're so kind. Bus. You're just very genuine. And I think you... Wear your heart on your sleeve. And I think the way that like I, I can be around you and know exactly what I'm going to get every time in the best way Aww. possible. Yeah, and the smile that you're giving me now. That's I'm so like, nice. You're making me blush. <laughs> you're making me blush. <laughs> but no, I, I love you. I, I really love you a lot. I love you. Can I tell you why I love you? No. <laughs> no, fuck off. <laughs> when we met at this birthday, can I tell you quickly? Yeah. Yeah. When we met at that birthday, it was like me and Abby were like, we don't know anyone. And we saw you and we were like, do you think he's gay? <laughs> yeah. And then we came and spoke to you and, and then we were friends. And that was honestly probably the fastest friendship I've ever made. We were just like, do you want to hang out next week? Um, next minute I'm at your birthday. Yeah. yeah. It felt very like little kid, like, do you want to be my friend? <laughs> I'm going on a play date. Yeah. I'm going on a swing. <laughs> that was it. We the two would have play dates to Yoti. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love it. So obsessed, you're obsessed with unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you were saying today that it's really dark and soon. Unfortunately, yeah. we can't be unemployed forever. No. Someone told referred to a feeling to me yesterday yeah. as internalized capitalism. Mm. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I feel like that is a term that shouldn't exist it's inside me. But, yeah, but it just it it also makes so much sense. The feeling of dread when you're not working. That's- oh, I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have that. I'm surrounded by people with internalized capitalism and I don't have that. <laughs> I don't think so, honey. <laughs> um, so tell me, no. I want to know who, <laughs> who are you obsessed with right now? Um, I feel like I didn't even say why I'm obsessed with um, <laughs> unemployment, but you, you get it. Why no, no, you get it. 
Oh, I just love it. That's that's it. You got it. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I gave a really dark response. I was like, anywho. Um, no, I'm obsessed with unemployment. I'm obsessed with looking after yourself yeah. and listening to yourself. And I think unemployment, which, you know, I'm very privileged to be unemployed right now and be able to survive. Um, but I think it gives you space to do that. And I wish and hope that everyone has that faith one time so we don't have to work ever again (laughs) please (laughs) please god i'm a taurus if if it's not obvious okay yeah what who am i who are you obsessed with um who am i obsessed with i'm obsessed with babies in general um all babies i know this all too well yeah (laughs) tell us why are you obsessed with babies? Okay, so I'm obsessed with babies. I'm definitely not in a financial or otherwise position to have a child. <laughs> I don't know if I like... No, I do want one for myself, but like it's more of a general obsession. Um, but occasionally I do become more obsessed with the idea of um, me having a baby. And I, I did approach Fraser at one point um, and ask him if he would give me sperm for a baby. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't too convinced. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, just like hypothetically, if I wanted one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go get the turkey baster. Yeah, right? we'll do. Can do it. Yeah, we can do it. We'll do it right now. <laughs> I think I'm ovulating. <laughs> but no, uh, um, I've known that you've been obsessed with babies because every time I'm with you and you see one, you go, oh, like you literally stop in your tracks. That was a bit sexual. <laughs> <laughs> But I do. Not not like that. It's yeah. more of a like, oh! Do you remember that one that we saw and you and Abby were going like raving about this baby and I was looking at it going, are we looking at the same thing? <laughs> that baby is ugly. Ugly. Oh no, they're all cute. It was not The cute. ugliest ones are the cutest. It looks like a sloth with a wig on its head, like <laughs> a fuzzy wig on its head. It looks had thicker hair than any of us. It did. I don't know what was going on with it. It, it did, was... even though you take your medication every day. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a, um, it was, what's that movie? It was a Benjamin Button baby. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, it had like a small toupee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but generally obsessed with babies. Um, so you do, you do want to have one, even though you're a big Not right now. Yeah, even though I'm a big lesbian. Oh, I shouldn't say that, should I? Um, even though you're a big queerdo. Big queerdo. <laughs> Say lesbo. <laughs> then you're a raging dyke. <laughs> no slur zone. Um, I do want to have a baby, but obviously not right now. I'm not in a, a mental or financial or anything state to have one. Um, but maybe one day. But yeah, just in general, I love babies. They're so funny. They're so cute. <laughs> they really are. I love them. I'm just... They just like, it's like. To me, even like seeing a baby, it's like playing with puppies. Like there's just like this joy, like a a furious joy that you get from like, I don't know, that I get. It releases something in my brain, whether it's like, yeah, a baby dog or a baby or like, I just, (laughs) I just love it. And I just, I don't know, I'm just obsessed with it. I always want to know about people's births. Um... I just, I want to know everything. I'm obsessed. I just, I'm not. Not in a weird way. <laughs> I, I think, 
I think there's actually been a little bit of a shift in me the last couple of months maybe where I have started to find babies a bit cuter. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe it's because my siblings are starting to have kids. Interesting. And I'm going, whoa, that baby is so that ba- cute. I love that baby. I love that baby. Um, but I I don't know. I'm even – my TikTok is starting to serve mm, me babies. Yeah. Like very cute baby yeah, videos. Yeah. And I'm going, this baby is cute. You're like, that's a cute one. But what I if you didn't have a cute one? <laughs> block the page or something. <laughs> no, if you birthed a child. Oh. Yeah. If we hypothetically made a child. Put it back. <laughs> take it away. Put it back. Put it back. Put that thing back where it came from. Also help I'm me. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but your father didn't want to know you because you're <laughs> ugly. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I, the, you know, the one of the actual reason why I don't want to have a baby with mm. you is because I think what because. Ha- at this stage of my life, I don't want a baby. Mm. And I don't know if I'm going to get to the point where I do want a baby. Mm. And if you were to have my kid and even say, no, you don't have to have anything to do with it. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, that's great. But what happens when the kid wants to have something to yeah. do with me? Yeah. And that's entirely out of your control. Yeah. Like I think some your people response think. response and the child's response. Yeah. You're, yeah. Not, you're not linked to your kid. Like yeah. on that level, you can't be like, no, he, he won't because I'll raise him not to want you. Well, mm. that's not actually how it goes. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But that's that's my actual thoughts. I'm like, but what I think, if my I kid think wants? Part of me is like, I know if I had if I had my own biological child, which like I won't necessarily. I don't even know if I could. But like, if I did, that's why I'm like, it would be nice if it was someone that I could be like, that's your we 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 made you with that one. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of nice. <laughs> I reckon it would be cute. Yeah. But I think like it's interesting that like the universal love of all babies because like you say about your family members having having babies and like like the one thing that made me realize like, oh, I literally love all babies <laughs> is when my mom was like, I don't know how you can change like because I've worked as a nanny. She was like, I don't know how you can change babies' nappies that you're not related to. And she was like, I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, I just can't stop gagging. And I was like, what? <laughs> maybe that's a nurse coming out of you. I was, yeah, maybe it's the nurse. But like even even from sense. like when I was 12, 10, 8, like I was always like, I want to change the baby's nappy. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm obsessed. You've got your baby born. Well, I'm just like, it's all so cute. Yeah. And you're just changing its nappy yeah. all the time. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> Feeding it. Everything. I'm a mother. <laughs> you are very motherly. Thank you. Um, if that's a compliment. <laughs> it is a compliment. I love my mother. I love my mom. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. What's your secret obsession? All right. <laughs> Sorry that I keep talking about dead people, guys. I'm kind of obsessed. <laughs> um, my secret obsession is I found it on TikTok, but I think it was on an American TV show, and it's called The Seatbelt Psychic. And there is this man, and it appears that he gives people Ubers and that they're random people that get into his car, and then he says, Hey, do you believe in psychics? And they're like, You know, sometimes they're like, Yes, and some are like, No way. Um, and then, you know, he kind of goes, I'm a medium. Like, can I give you a reading? And, you know, some people are very skeptical, but he basically can see and hear from the people, spirits, whatever around you of like, you know, people who have passed on. Um, and he just says, you know, really hyper-specific things and really hyper-specific messages. And 
it's always that the person in the back of the car ends up in full floods of tears. Um, and I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love it. I don't know why. It's just like, I don't know. It just does something to me. Um, Are you a very spiritual person? I don't know. Like, I think I must be. Mm. Um, How long has this been an obsession of yours? How often do you, like, watch these videos? Um, like, every day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I think it's a TV show from 2018. So, like, there's limited... I haven't watched all of them yet, but there are, like, a limited amount of them. Mm. Um, but I would say it's it's pretty often, like... Almost daily, so the unemployment thing <laughs> um, that I end up um, watching them as like little TikTok clips, or like I end up on psychic talk, as they call it. <laughs> but like, I don't know, in terms of spirituality, like I don't really have like a spiritual practice of my own, but I think, I think, yeah. I think, yeah. Oh, except <laughs> I have tried. <laughs> Um, so after like a real deep dive the other day, um, I was in a really good mood and I was like, we're just going to go for a walk at the park. And it was really windy and sunny and it was beautiful. Um, but I, I took it upon myself, um, to see if I could, um, stimulate any like psychic powers. I have been doing like my recent Google searches are, I'm, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> my recent Google searches are like, how to stimulate psychic powers, <laughs> how to be psychic. Um, because basically a lot of mediums and people of that ilk will say like, <laughs> shut up, um, will say that like everyone kind of has it within them and that everyone can kind of tap into this side and like hear if they, if they want to. I sound insane. Um, but like I have had, I don't know, I like, I'm a big believer. I'm like a real big believer. I've had some things in the past where I'm like, I've like been a bit psychic. I've predicted some things. Um, but yeah, so I went for this walk and I found a bench um, and I sat there and, you know, took my headphones off and just sat there um, in silence and tried to see. <laughs> And I tried to see if anything would contact me. Um, it didn't, but I felt like I got close. I felt really good after. <laughs> I felt very connected. The, the, I'm just picturing you in Centennial in Park, park trying to conjure some spirits. In Centennial Park, being whipped by the wind with my eyes closed, sitting cross-legged on a bench. And at one point, I like looked over, and there's someone like behind me sitting, and I was like, "Oh my god! Like, what if that's not a real person? Like, what if that's like a spirit?" And then I turned around again, and they were just like still sitting there. Scrolling and I was like, "Yeah, I was like, that's a that's a real person." Um, but yeah, I'm I'm secretly obsessed with trying to tap in. I think, but then also on the flip side, part of me is really scared of that. Mm. Part of me is like, I really want to like talk to spirits and I want to hear from them and I do feel like without sounding a bit nuts like I do feel things and I do like feel energies but in what way I can just like feel the shift of a mood or like interesting when I was at the hospital there was one person that I was looking after and like I could just feel when they were gonna pass away really soon like I could just I don't know how to explain it like in that in that day or yeah like <clears throat> like very yeah i mean like it's always <laughs> it's always obvious when someone's like not um in full health they don't have a heartbeat and you're like hmm. mm, i think they're gonna go soon <laughs> hmm. 
No, but just like changes in temperature or like changes in like feeling or like goosebumps out of nowhere or like I get this ringing in my ear sometimes and I just feel like mm, something's going to happen. Mm. Um, but then on the flip side, I think part of me is really scared of yeah. actually hearing or seeing anything. Yeah. Um, Have you ever passed so, someone like that you didn't even know and get that feeling? I, when I was working at a cafe a few years ago, I served this older lady, not super old, like maybe in her like 60s, 70s. Um, and she was like very preened and very well put together. And I went and served her table and there was like four of them. And I remember smelling her and I was like, she smells like she's going to die, but Damn. I would never know. <laughs> but like, that, it was just like a really weird, strong feeling. Old lady just let one rip. <laughs> literally. I'm like, she foreigned. Um, no, but I just had this feeling. I was like, yeah. she just had that smell, but I don't yeah. know what that smell is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I never saw her again. <laughs> no, I don't know. She could be out there living her best life. This is what I mean is yeah. I'm like, there's this part of me that's like, oh, maybe. Mm. And then another part that's like, I think I'm actually terrified to yeah. to go there. Or maybe it's not real. I don't know. But um, yeah, if there's any, if there's any ghosts listening, um, <laughs> call me. <laughs> I don't but know. Don't. But don't. I'm scared. My only experience with ghost was when I was very superstitious as, as a little kid mm-hmm. and I was convinced there was an old lady that lived in my bathroom Mm-mm. which she didn't but I, I I would like I would literally think that I would see her in the mirror so I'd have the quickest oh showers God. like I wouldn't want to be in the bathroom for long because I'd be like get, uh, get me oh out of here this, this old lady and also once I woke up That's and I looked outside and I saw someone picking oranges from our tree down the backyard which uh. I thought it was our neighbor but like no one in my family believes me I don't know why I'm sharing this. But. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm scared. I love ghost stories. Also, if anyone ever wants to talk about ghosts, I'm here. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's always, it's always like, I'm like, there are these funny things that happen. And it's, you know, whether you choose to believe it or not. But like, I don't want any old lady ghosts in my bathroom. I don't want anyone. Don't contact me. <laughs> unless, <laughs> do not speak unless spoken to. <laughs> PSA. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. this has been so great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. And thank you everyone for listening. We will catch you next time. Bye. See ya.